This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM from BetQL. Kind of surprised Jim Nance didn't give you a shout-out, Joe, uh, when making the call for the major championship putt. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Ed Egros, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you as we now look ahead to the Charles Schwab Invitational happening at Colonial Country Club in Fort Worth this week. And, Paul, I want to bring you in because I have a golf process question that I want to throw to the group here. So... Mm -hmm. In terms of how I approach specifically the tournament at Colonial, one of the things that I look at is course history. And there's several guys I will get to in just a bit as far as, uh, you know, who I like for outright and top 20. But when it comes to injuries, how much do you factor that into your betting? Because there's certainly a lot of bettors who say, okay, if I hear of any injury whatsoever, I am all of a sudden going to fade so-and-so. But sometimes that can come back to burn you. So maybe not so much in this specific tournament, but when you hear about a tournament, not just, you know, it depends, but do you have sort of an overarching process when it comes to hearing that someone is not 100%? So I think there's a good example recently. Uh, a guy I was backing at Augusta, and his recent hit form had been decent, and he had a good court his course, course history, uh, was Matthew Fitzpatrick, but then actually I think Joe and I were talking mm-hmm. off the air. He had like a neck thing kind of going on, so that's just always a a question. So I played him anyway, um, but I almost like I had buyer's remorse a little bit because I like something like that you just don't know. Like someone like Tiger, I'm just never gonna back to win anything ever again. Like, and I'm more likely to fade him. You know, he's a unique example, but the Fitzpatrick, I, he ended, and he ended up doing all right at Augusta. So it's almost like that until you see it, you're a little apprehensive. But I, I don't, I guess the short answer is I don't automatically rule him out, but it does automatically kind of give you a red flag and hesitate, um, I guess would be my kind of convoluted, not perfect answer. Yeah. Joe? I, not an automatic fade, but if I'm, if I like the golf, if I like the golf for that week, it might steer me somewhere else where I just, but not an automatic fade unless it's there are a number of reasons. I have faded injured golfers in the past, and usually it ends up working out. But, um, but yeah, it, it's not an. What automatic do we mean by fading? By the way, do we mean like miss the cut or going just against, stay away? Or going against or matchups? matchups? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a safer play would find a matchup and go against them just because if they're not 100%, you don't know how that can, you know, affect everything as, you know, the the knee leads to the swing, leads to, you know, the gaze, all of that stuff. And so that that's the part where I go. I It depends on what the injury is, obviously, but sometimes I think there are other skill sets that sort of overwhelm everything else. And the reason why I ask this is because 
it, for the last several years, uh, when it comes to looking at Colonial, I have always backed Jordan Spieth, in large part because of all the tournaments on the PGA Tour schedule, the two I think, and some are going to disagree with me who do a lot of golf analytics, but the two, whenever I've run numbers, uh, where course history has mattered a lot more than the others, it's Augusta, it's Colonial Country Club. Because Colonial is just such a different beast altogether. It's such a shot maker's course that's been around for such a long time that if you've performed there, then you will continue to perform well. I mean, just looking at the numbers for speed, his scoring average at Colonial is 67.75. That's the best in tournament history. He's finished in the top 10 eight times. So no doubting he has the second shortest odds uh, behind Scheffler. Uh, Speed 14 to 1, Scheffler 4 to 1. 4 to 1 is a terrible play, by the way. But at Speed at 14 to 1, I think there's incredible value there. And at least, you know, going down the board, you know, top 5, top 10, I think that's also uh, worthy. The wrist injury is the question, though, because it forced him to withdraw from the Byron Nelson, which I know he didn't want to do. He did get through the PGA Championship. He did make the cut, but he was never in contention. And so even though the wrist injury is something that I'm flagging, at the same time, I think his course history has been so good, I think it overwhelms any kind of injury concerns that I may have here, Joe. Yeah, course history, top 10 each of the last four years. Uh, he popped last week, 29 at a major. And then if we go back a little bit, Heritage and the Masters, he was excellent. Top top five, both. So I understand back in speed 100%. I, I'm glad you brought up the idea of fading guys with injuries because I have a fading question as well. Um, and we're coming off, obviously, a major. There there are some, some very successful golf betters I've talked to that – following a major, a stressful major, meaning they do very well. They're in it. It is four long days. They are grinding out there for maybe maybe their first major in some situations, right? They're going to go against them the next week because they're, they're coming off the high. My, Michael Block is – that's a whole different conversation, and I did look at him to miss the cut, but it's minus 335. Folks, there's a reason why he's 300 to 1 to win this – to win the Schwab. He was in the mix of the PGA Championship, but he's 301 for the Charles Schwab. They know people are going to bet that, and they're saying, go ahead, please. Go ahead, bet it. We'll take your money. We're not worried about that. Um, but the idea of after a stressful major, grinding it out for four days, and then now we're, we've got Charles Schwab. Like how much are they prepared for it? How much do they care about it when they're probably still talking about how close they were at the PGA Championship? And that ties into the course history because the guys who have the course history, they don't have to like overthink it. They're like, they're mm-hmm. like, even if they're thinking about last week, they kind of go back to autopilot this week. All right. I know the course. I know how I'm going to play it. Some, someone like speed is a good example. Like he's an automatic top 10 here all the time. Finau, multiple top fives here. So I think it, again, I, I would be okay with fading guys who were in the mix as long as their course history here, um, is not all that great because I feel like the guys whose course history is, it's kind of comes back automatically a little bit for them. Like a guy like Sung Jay wasn't in the mix, had a terrible, terrible tournament, but he's got two top 15s here. I, and I think it could be on the other side of a bounce back spot. I, and I understand form. I, it is as important as anything, right? But in a situation like this, 
missing the cut at the PGA like Sunjay did, going home, getting a couple extra days of rest, get mentally prepared for the next week. I don't mind that. That doesn't scare me off a, go- a golfer at all. Yeah, I completely agree with that, uh, in large part because specifically in this context, Oak Hill and Colonial are very different golf courses. Uh, you're going from one where how you do off the tee probably matters more than anything else to a par 70, 7,200-yard 7, shot maker's course with a horrible horseshoe that's really tricky to get through. If you do have the edge and can prepare for Colonial a little bit sooner than everybody else, I think, Aaron, that is a big deal. And so especially when it comes to this uh, process and this tournament, I like that approach. Yeah, and a lot of, you know, what they say is successful at Colonial is golfers who have some of the best iron play as well. So that's something that I took a look at. Someone who maybe struggles with their iron play, maybe not taking them as an outright, but one of the best um, is Morikawa. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. With his I have him forward. listed here at 16 to 1. Love that pick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's one I had my eye on. The other I think that's intriguing is Justin Rose. He's coming off a great week at the PGA Championship where he finished T9. He's won mm-hmm. it here before. I think at 28 to 1, 25 to 1, there's definitely some value there. I mean, he's having a solid year. Um, he's a former winner of in 2018. So yep. that was the other and one I, I had to look at. I, yeah. I always look at previous winners, and it's interesting. Uh, different kinds of golfers have won it here. Sam Burns last year, Coke Rack, Berger, Nah, she just mentioned Rose, Kisner. Uh, all, all sorts of different golfers can win here. Mm-hmm. I think there are two what? guys that actually fit perfectly into our discussion, and Justin mm-hmm. Rose is one. He's a guy who was in the mixed T9 at the PGA, and Aaron, like you mentioned, good year, T16 at the Masters, T6 at the Players. I don't uh, A, veteran, so he's not going to be overthinking, oh, I was in the mix or that sort of thing. But even if he were, he's got the course history, and it fits right back into that earlier point we were making. But then there's a guy like Kurt Kitayama, Younger guy, fourth at the PGA, won the honor Palmer, but four missed cuts in between. Is he going to be a guy who, oh, I was in the mix, I'm still thinking about it, and mm-hmm. might not be as do as well this week? Fading Kitayama, I, I think, is a, is a great approach. For, for all of these reasons we're talking about. You, you know, you see that name at the top of the leaderboard and you might pounce right away, but definitely I think uh, that, that's, that makes a lot of sense in terms of going in the other direction. Real quick when it comes to uh, colonial history and how well you have finished there, in terms of over the last eight seasons, who has performed the best? Uh, I've mentioned Spieth already, uh, but Finau has done very well. Brian Harmon, Kevin Kisner, Rose, Emiliano Grino. Fino, Harmon, and Grio haven't won here. And so if you believe in terms of like positive regression, these are, th- you know, mm-hmm. Fino obviously near the top of the, uh, you know, betting space, but Man. Harmon and Grio aren't going to get a whole lot of uh, conversation here, a whole lot of chatter. Maybe there's a, a top 10, top 20 bet for those guys. And I have a few, a few names. Uh, you're right about the history with those three, with, but I've got a few others. Uh, a guy that Paul regularly bets, Sun J.M., I like him. He was 15th last year, a few years ago. He was top 10. 
Don't mind that he missed the cut at the PGA. It's been a very good year for him. 876, uh, top 20 at the Masters. Cam Davis is 40 to 1. Uh, seventh here last year, fourth at the PGA Championship, seventh at Heritage. Mm. And uh, if you're looking for a bomb, there's Davis Riley, 125 to 1. He was fourth here last year. And uh, he's got to win this season. Had a pretty good year overall. I was surprised to see that Riley's number is at 125. Hmm. This is BQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, Sean Zarillo will join us to talk about his favorite baseball bets right here on the BetQL Network. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network.